Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Not So Special Podcast. I believe this is episode four. Lucky number four. Um, I am officially on Google Play, and I'm assuming a lot of other podcasting apps. I just uh, I'm not aware of them yet. So whatever service that you're listening to this on or have access to, if you wouldn't mind checking uh, for this podcast and letting me know either on Twitter uh, or on YouTube. Um, the reason for the switch is because SoundCloud sucks. <laughs> um, I do not want to sp- uh, spend or pay any money for uh, podcasting. I think it should be a free service. Um, and thankfully, to the or for the for the help of uh, Derek of Two Dorks, otherwise known as Deej13 on Twitter, uh, he kind of gave me some pointers and pointed me in the right direction of how to do this and get my podcast hosted completely for free so uh that kind of is nice because then i don't have to you know do the whole uh hey guys give me some money on patreon and stuff like that so i don't have to do any of that stuff uh not that i would anyway um but doing it for free is clearly a better option uh so soundcloud if you don't know actually only lets you upload a certain amount of minutes uh, in total, so my original understanding was that it would give you a certain amount of minutes per month, and then past that you had to pay uh, for hosting fees, which is fine. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have to, you know, pay. Hosting isn't free and whatever, and and if you have to pay a little bit of money, that's fine too. Um, I just personally don't want to do it because I don't make any money off of anything, uh, so I, sh- I, I don't want to have to pay for anything. I just am putting my content out for people to enjoy um, kind of as a, as a free service and kind of for myself as well. So I, d- I don't want to have to pay for it either. So that's just my two cents. So anyways, I went through the, the application process and the technical hoops to get my uh, podcast uh, up on an RSS feed at hopefully other podcast apps, including Google Play, uh, will pick up. Um, and hopefully you will enjoy this a little bit easier than having to go to SoundCloud. Uh, and I was able to steer another podcast onto Google Play because I was listening to it on SoundCloud. And I got annoyed because, well, as many of you know, I drive a truck for a living. And so I, I listen to a lot of podcasts through my, my earbuds while I'm driving, uh, which is completely legal and safe. Um, deaf people are allowed to drive too. Okay, let's not, don't jump on me for that. Um, but... SoundCloud, the app on SoundCloud that I'm using uh, for my version of Android isn't exactly ideal. So having it on Google Play is a little bit easier. You know, all my phone controls and my touch controls work um, a lot easier on my phone and on my headset. So that's why I I also made the move for, for Google Play that people can get it for free. Also on SoundCloud, I had to stream it and I had no option of downloading it. So that's the nice thing about Google Play is you can download it, you can listen to it whenever, uh, and you're not eating up your data. Um, not everyone in the world has free data like other places. So, anyways, that's just my little plug. Check me out on Google Play. I am there. Um, and if anyone wants to do artwork for me, that would be awesome too because my artwork sucks. <laughs> it's just kind of whatever I could throw together uh, on a... Um, surprise free uh video or video or photo editor online uh yeah (laughs) it's not great but it's something uh me and graphics don't go very well together so what have i been up to um not a whole lot it was funny because pretty much a week after i recorded and posted my my last episode for the not so special podcast um, I think it actually went up maybe the day of or the day after. I'm trying to remember the timeline here. But anyways, basically a, a day or two after the video got posted, not after I recorded, um, I got into a car accident. And that would have been fun to kind of talk about. But at least now I've, you know, I've had a, kind of a month to process things. Uh, it, it was nothing serious. It was uh, a little, a little... <laughs> I guess it's literally a fender bender because I did bend a fender, um, and it, like wasn't really on the road. Well, it was on the road, but basically what happened was I'm trying to explain it, but kind of dance around the subject. But to be honest, it's a little bit of an embarrassing story because it's my fault and I should have known better. Um, 
I'm a professional truck driver. I should have known better, and uh, I just slipped up and I made a mistake. So, um, the way my work schedule works is I work four days a week. I work ten hours a day, uh, and I get one day off during the week. Uh, basically, still coming up to 40, 40 hours a week. Um, and so on my day off, uh, I'm able to stay home, but I still have to take my wife to work, take take my son to daycare. Um, and so at the end of the day, I was in a bit of a rush. I was running a bit, a little bit late. Um, I was doing projects around the house and running errands and stuff. And so I quickly jumped into my car and I went to back out of the driveway and my neighbor had parked, uh, his SUV directly behind our, my driveway. And, uh, as I pulled out, as I have to have to have room for two cars, on our driveway so I park on the right and I have to back out further so I don't hit the curb and whatever basically I I bumped into the my neighbor's car behind me um, it's a white SUV parked against the snowbank and I just didn't see it I I knew it was there because I had nearly hit it the morning that morning uh, when I was leaving to take everyone to where they needed to be and this morning it just kind of, or the, the that night when I went to leave again, I just kind of slipped my mind and I bumped into this car. Um, so a little less dramatic than you were probably hoping for, um, or expecting it to be, but whatever, it wasn't, it was technically an accident. Um, so I cracked my bumper and I bent his, uh, bumper and fender. Luckily his front bumper and fender and my rear and thankfully I did not break his headlight or anything like that and um, it wasn't that expensive of a fix Thank thankfully my neighbor is also understanding he knows that you know crap happens and you just got to deal with it but uh, he did want it fixed sooner rather than later understandable um, I was able to kind of stall it out a little bit till I could get uh, paid and get a little bit more money up for it uh, and 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 squared away uh, and he was, you know, very gracious to, you know, let me pick a, a place that I wanted it done as long as it was professional, it was accredited and, and whatever. Um, and so we got that paid and fixed up for my, my bumper is not fixed. It's still cracked. Um, but I'm hoping that I'm just going to ride it out until spring and hopes, hopefully someone bumps into my car and I can make them pay for it. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the deal, but the repair wasn't too bad, thankfully. Um, and I don't want to disclose how much it was, but uh, the the nearest approximation I can give you was it still costs less than one pair of Joe's glasses. And if you get that reference, good for you, and you'll kind of know kind of less less of what I paid. So yeah, movies. I've been watching uh, some movies. So on my lunch breaks and whatever, I'll I have movies on my phone. So I'll stop for half an hour, watch something, catch up on, on this, that, and the other. Um, but some movies I've been watching, uh, I'm only going to go over a, a, a couple here. Uh, I watched The Trust. I was going to jump to the next one, but I realized I watched The Trust. It is a, actually a Nicolas Cage movie that's pretty good. Uh, it, it stars Nicolas Cage and Elijah Wood as, um, cops, basically cops who were bored of their jobs and they decide to, uh, do a heist. And so they, they want to rob, uh, criminals, basically. It's a heist for a criminal thing. Um, and... I think this movie works me mostly because um, Elijah Wood is really good at looking scared, and he does that really great, really well in this movie. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage is kind of a weird guy, and he kind of plays a weird cop. And it, I think the movie plays well to, to the strengths of both of both actors. Not, I think Elijah Wood is a little bit more, uh, better, a bit more of a deeper actor than Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage kind of gets typecast into like certain roles being the crazy one. And he works really well for that. I think Elijah Wood has a little bit more uh, dexterity when it comes to acting. And so anyways, it, it works a little bit better. Um, the movie doesn't really go according to plan or the plan doesn't go according to plan. Things kind of go awry. Anyways, it's on Netflix. Give it a watch. It's pretty good. Uh, the next is Six Days, which is um, <clears throat> also a movie on Netflix where uh, I think it's the Iranian terrorists taking, or I can't remember, I think it's the Iranians taking over the Arab uh, consulate in the UK, 
I don't remember. It's based on a true story. Anyways, you should definitely watch it. It's kind of goes over, you know, the how how the Iranians took over. I'm I'm gonna say Iranians. I could be completely wrong, and I don't want to offend anybody. I'm gonna say Iranians. Um, I'll say Middle Eastern, a Middle Eastern nation. Uh, extremists take over a, a consulate in the UK, and it's kind of how they did so, and how the U or the UK forces took care of it. And it kind of goes over. I think it's Margaret Thatcher basically set the precedent of how uh, domestic terrorism would be dealt with um, up to this day, basically. So pretty interesting. Um, it's not really an action movie, except for like maybe the last ten minutes. Um, but it is a suspenseful movie, and it is um, historically accurate when it comes to the tactical planning and execution uh, of hostage situations. And they do use some historical footage in the movie to kind of compare, like, this is how we did it in our movie versus, and then you'll see kind of what they did. Uh, and they're pretty spot on. So that was interesting. Um, and then I did go to watch Black Panther uh, this past um, Sunday. That was a bit of a uh, a mess, not the movie, but me getting there. Um, it had been kind of a crappy a crappy weekend, and I was trying to you know catch up on stuff, and I just basically missed out. So the original theater that I was going to go to with uh, some of my wife's friends um, and my wife, obviously, uh, that kind of fell through because it sold out really quick and not surprising you know black panther blockbuster movie on opening weekend bound to happen um but you know we'd already worked out uh getting my son looked after for a couple hours in the afternoon and so we ended up having to go to another theater on the other side of town basically in order to make it work but i did go see it it is really good i really enjoy the the villain of the movie i don't want to spoil too much uh, or spoil anything because it is a new release, but I find the villain very interesting. He's got different motivations than than most uh, stereotypical villains that you would see. Um, having grown up in Africa, I found, I found that that was really interesting to hear, like the music and kind of the influences of this, that, and the other thing, and kind of the the juxtaposition between like rural Africa, uh, like depicted rural Africa versus like a technology technological advanced Africa and kind of like the hybridization of both of those cultures into one into this this um, fake country of, of Wakanda uh, that was really interesting uh, I found that looking into the background like they're kind of having a conversation up front meanwhile I'm looking to the back how do they do this and kind of and it, it, the the detail is there if you want to look for it um, that's what I found the most interesting anyway um, and then I just watched a movie last night called uh, Kicks, um, which is a pretty... This movie is not well known by any means, and I, I kind of feel like it kind of deserves it. Uh, it takes place in the ghetto of uh, California. Not really ghetto. I want to say lower income, you know, uh, they deal with a lot of drugs and drug violence and gangs. And... Uh, it's about a kid who has, like, really old shoes. They're falling apart. And shoes are kind of like his status symbol. If he had some nice shoes, he would feel like this. He would be able to do that. It, it's kind of his own self-image projected onto these shoes. And uh, he really wants them. He, he, he finds a way to get them, and then they're taken away from him by a local gang or bully. Uh, and then it's his basically his quest to get his kicks back, and uh, it goes to some pretty dark places. It shows kind of the harsh reality of um, life in this kind of um, economic economic class, and uh, it's not pretty. But you know, such is the reality. And again, the bully it kind of shows the it shows life from both sides. So yes, you see this kid who's you know he's downtrodden he doesn't have much and he gets the one thing he cares about taken away from him and then it goes and kind of shows the life of uh the bully or like the 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 tough guy uh and his motivations why did he take those shoes um his motivations for you know wanting to do right by his own people and his family but still like the the clash of those two and like both sides do wrong in order to do right for themselves. I don't know, it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. 
check it out. It's called Kicks. Um, came out in 2015 or 2016. Uh, no, it's not on Netflix, so you'll have to find a different way to watch that. Wink, wink. Um, yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Probably one of my more favorite movies that I've seen this year. Um, that I could say. Um, games. Okay, what have I been playing? Um, I had some friends over and we played Windjammers, uh, which is kind of like an old arcade frisbee volleyball, I'm going to call it, uh, based on an old Neo Geo game. Uh, they remastered it for the PS4 and the PS Vita. Um, I, it may be available on other consoles and platforms. I'm just not aware of them. Uh, I got it on the PS4 and Vita through limited run games. And uh, one of the few lim limited run games that I opened right up and just threw in right away. And it's a lot of fun. Um, it takes a little bit to get used to the controls, but I had some friends and we kind of just threw them in on it and we ended up playing it for a couple hours. It's a very simple game, kind of like playing a tennis game back and forth. Um, but it's just, it, I don't know. There's something about those easy to play arcade games that just kind of like, you just kind of play with them over and over and over again. Uh, so that's what we did. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and the next game I played and beat, I will say, I beat it, is uh, Shadow of the Beast. Uh, this received a, this is available digitally, but I got a physical release through uh, Play Asia. It's an Asia English release uh, that you can get. And it's based on an old Amiga game. And uh, by golly, that's a good game. Holy, you guys should check that game out. Um, it starts out very simple. Like it, it's kind of a 2D brawler. Uh, it, there's no up and down movement. It's only left and right. Um, but it's a kind of high fantasy. You are a beast. You run around. You get upgrades. You have to find upgrades in the in the world. Uh, and then you kill enemies and you gain points. And then those points get you money. And then you're un able to unlock further upgrades once you beat the level. Um, and then some of the bonus stuff is uh, you could unlock the original game. Uh, and then you can unlock uh, infinite lives in the original game. Stuff like that. Um, and I think one of the coolest things, like, and there's, I mean, the regular, like, high, more strength. You get more blood to get more, to do more special moves, that kind of stuff. Um, more vitality, more, more, um, how do you say, brutal moves and stuff like that. And all that stuff's unlocked as you work your way through, uh, which is really fun. But the most interesting thing... Uh, that I found in the game is that you have no idea what the story is. The very the first time you play through this game, you're gonna have no idea why any of this stuff's happening. And you, in the game, in the levels themselves, you unlock story bits. So you'll you'll see something, you unlock it, and then once once you come out to the overworld, it has like the regular levels, and then above it, it has all the story bits, and you unlock all those as you go along, and you can watch them as a cinematic. Um, and People talk to you. You're you're a beast. You're not you're not a human, and so people are, are people are saying things. People are talking to you. There's sometimes you'll see a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a it almost seems like a narration, uh, but you have no idea what's going on. As you would as a foreigner, as a beast that's being taught to do something, you're just you're doing stuff because you're told to do it and not knowing why things are happening the way they are, and so the more points you get, uh, if you go into the extras, you actually can unlock subtitles for specific species in the game so you'll learn to, to to understand you know what the humans are saying or what this specific beast is saying or this specific race or race of of creature is saying uh and all that kind of stuff and i don't know i think that's kind of interesting so it kind of forces you to play the game over and over and over again uh it's not a long game it only took me like five or six hours um and it's really fun once you get into like the flow of combat and you're going back and forth. You could just do that all day. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had a friend again. I, I usually try to have friends over on Friday. I was supposed to have more. I only had one friend show up, uh, and he had a long day at work, and we were kind of trying to figure out what to do. Uh, and so I said, I'll, "I'll play this game." And before I had finished, I think at the first level, he had almost fallen asleep. Not because the game was boring, just because he was really tired. So I ended up just playing the game and I got almost to the last level. Uh, before he woke up, um, he had kind of a, a hard nap at my place. Um, I guess that you know 
he's feel he's feel comfortable to, to come to my house and hang out and fall asleep and my chairs are comfortable so whatever you're more than welcome to do that if you want um uh and yeah and basically on saturday it was friday and then saturday morning um i was able to finish it and it was really good and i think everyone should uh should try it out uh if you can i think the release is still available on playasia if you want to check it out um it is still there all right moving on um pickups i got some game pickups um yeah, i did release a pickup video uh, not that long ago, maybe about a week or two ago, showing uh, my latest finds and pickups. Um, the one that's not there is I did pick up the Secret of Mana remake for the PS4. Uh, so I'm trying to get rid of my uh, my SNES copy. Uh, no luck so far. I think a lot of people are talking about like how um, new new game releases can cause retro games to fluctuate. And for the longest time, that wasn't true. A new game would come out, and, or a remaster or whatever, but those games would still, they could still command a high price, or a higher price. Uh, I think that's changing. So I think once the new releases are coming out, um, the older games are starting to go down. Uh, or even, like, even just re-releases. So say, take for instance, um, the Wonder Boy limited run game that was coming out. Everyone was dying to get that game. A lot of people missed it. Everyone was pissed that they couldn't get it. Um, and uh, in, I guess, the consumer is led to believe that that is it for that game. If you miss that limited run, you're never going to get a physical copy of that game, uh, a North American game. But that's simply not the case. Uh, just recently, Nic the publisher Nicholas has released uh, Wonder Boy, the exact same game, the limited run produced they've they've re-released it for ps4 and for switch so if you want a physical version it's still out there it's just not the limited run branded one um so limited run brandings um branding its games has become less valuable um and thankfully i have some some twitter questions this this will come up a little bit later um uh, where i kind of go over how the limited run thing a little bit more uh, at least my interpretation of it um but those release those games that are like very high value um, can drop with a with a re-release, um, and even though we're told like or we're led to believe I don't think we're told but we're 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 allowed to believe our own version of the truth, uh, and so we're led to believe that limited run is producing these and then that's it and then but that's you can still get those versions elsewhere and they're it kind of it will affect the price later that's a long way to say that i still haven't sold my secret of mana for super nintendo <laughs> uh i'm trying to get my money back on it so i think i spent 70 bucks for it and i'm trying i'm i'm trying to get as close to 70 as i can for it um and hopefully that will uh get sold soon or it'll go, go to the barrier game exchange um i also so of the, the, the video there, um, I did find a copy of Gacha Force for the Nintendo GameCube, uh, which, as many of you know or may not know, I have, I have no idea, uh, is that is a very rare and uncommon GameCube game. Uh, it goes upwards of $200 Canadian, and I found it at Value Village for $10, and I thought that was spectacular. I haven't found a game worth that much um, ever. I don't think I've ever found a game worth that much uh, for that low price. Um, I, f I mean, I found a... I think the most expensive game that I found was Mega Man X2 on the Super Nintendo. I think that was the most expensive game I've ever found. Um, I no longer have it. I sold it. Um, and as far as Gotcha Force, um, I've had a few people offer to buy it from me. Um, so there's already a waiting list for that game. There's, there's quite a few people who are looking, going for complete GameCube collections, and that is one of the games they need. Uh, and it's very, it's very possible that I will sell it. Uh, just not right now. I, I would like to actually be able to play it and try it out and see, you know, is it worth the high price that I got it for, or not, that it's going for. Um, and luckily I was able to get that for a, a, a reasonable, a reasonable cost. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of, uh, 
the most interesting find that I've had. Um, but I did find a, uh, a TV out of the garbage. Uh, it's a Sanyo. It's an older model. It has comp capacitive touch buttons on the uh, the bottom of it, which is interesting. Uh, it has came with a remote. It's pretty. I think it's like a 32, maybe a 34-inch screen. I can't really remember. Um, but it has like three HDMI's, uh, composite uh, component, and it has a VGA input which I don't think I've ever really seen on TVs before. I know they're, they're, they have been available. I just haven't seen them. And so uh, for, that, for that reason, I was able to grab it. Now, when I got it, it was covered in snow because it's winter here in Canada. Uh, and I thought a lot of the snow would have like gone down inside. There, is, there are venting slots in the top of the TV. Um, and a lot of snow would have gotten down in there. And I hope that it wouldn't have fried anything. So... I, I took about a week, um, I don't know if this was necessary, it's just what I did. I took about a week moving it, you know, I put it in the garage, which isn't heated, but it's warmer than outside, left it in there for a day or two, then kind of brought it into like the cold cellar, uh, which again, a little bit warmer, uh, then into the furnace, not the furnace, yeah, laundry room, furnace room basically, brought it in there, and it took about a couple of days to bring it inside, and like, hopefully melting the, the snow slowly so that it wouldn't fry anything uh so it took me about a week a week and a half to basically before i plugged it in to see if it even worked uh and it did it works great and i love it um i have it set up in my work area uh i have a little workbench area in like the laundry room furnace room area um where i have like a computer where i do all my ebay, eBay listings and i have a tv there so i can watch something while i'm doing this uh basically so i just don't you know take over the living room for, you know, dirty things that my son could, like, grab games from Value Village or the garbage and put them in his mouth. <laughs> that would not be great. My wife wouldn't be happy about that. Um, so it's in there, which is nice. I have my Retron 5 hooked up in there so I can, you know, test games and whatever. Uh, and it's great. And then I also found a laptop um, at Value Village for $10. Uh, it's an Acer Aspire or something or other. It's got Windows 7 on it. And I used to have an old uh, Mac Mini, um, which at this point are pretty obsolete. Um, and I, again, just had it in the other room hooked up to another monitor. Um, actually, you know what? It's, it's really funny to bring up monitors. Um, I, found, I found four monitors, all of the same thing. So it's the, the Samsung ThinkMaster 206BW. Um, I found four of those same monitors. Actually, what I'm using right now is a monitor that I found out of the garbage. Uh, and I've got, I've got, I gave one to my dad and then I, for his computer, and I've got two others, uh, again, in my workroom. And I had that Mac mini that I also found at Value Village for like seven bucks. Uh, had that hooked up in there and, um, I've been using that as like my workstation. Uh, but that Mac mini, man, holy smokes, that thing is slow. And, um... I guess it's the whole planned obsolescence of Apple. It's kind of their thing. Uh, they don't update their software after a certain point, so your basically your computer becomes obsolete. And um, yeah, it was just getting to the point where it was almost unusable. Even though I'd spent money trying to get that thing up and running, because uh, when I got it from Value Village, it wasn't working. Uh, so I had to spend money on getting some RAM to put in it and everything like that. Um, and I did everything myself. I learned how to take apart that Mac Mini and upgrade the certain parts that I knew. I'm not a tech person by any means. Uh, I like tech. I think it's very interesting. But I you know, I can't solder, barely. Uh, I, I, well, I can, but it looks like crap. And I wouldn't trust any kind of electrical connection uh, with my soldering abilities. Um, yeah, so just got that kind of thing. So anyways, I got a laptop um, that's about equal maybe on par to my actual laptop which is several years old now i bought that before i went to university uh which was almost seven years ago still run that laptop still works uh it's slow but it works and uh, yeah that we're <laughs> uh so i have a, a laptop out there now anyways hooked up to also the tv as a second monitor and then i still have it for other things as well kind of a slow slow pickups a week if you haven't noticed that's what i'm talking about tvs and computers um 
yeah, I thought I thought you guys would be interested in hearing about that. If you have other things you want to hear me talk about, by all means, you can hit me up on Twitter or on YouTube. I didn't do my <laughs> initial spiel. If you are watching this on YouTube and you don't want to watch the video, um, you can head over, like I said, to any of the Google Play platforms or podcasting platforms and, uh, and check me out there. If you are listening to me and you want to see my beautiful, ugly face, you can check me over on YouTube um, at Creeply Channel, C-R-E-E-P-1337, um, which, <laughs> how many years later, I'm starting to realize is kind of a terrible name, um, but it's too late now. I've got to deal with it. Um, actually, you know, part of it is I've, my name has been out there and I've heard my uh, YouTube handle pronounced in several different ways. Um, so maybe it would have been easier if I used something else. I don't know. Tell me what you guys think. Um, but yes, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts myself. Um, obviously, a lot of the Cartridge Club, Cartridge Club stuff. So like uh, STC, uh, Retro Fandango, uh, Frantic Thoughts, I should say Frantic Thoughts, uh, Masters of Unlocking, uh, Dollar Dorks, all those things. Been loving them. Um, Retro Fandango actually just moved to like a... Uh, a weekly podcast, which I found very interesting. Um, as I drive a truck, I love listening to podcasts as much as I can. Um, and so it was a real treat when uh, Retro Fandango came out because I knew I was going to get like a solid like three hours. And I was like, that's, you know what, that's my day. Because, you know, between getting in and out of the truck, I take my, my earbuds in and out and whatever. You got to talk and do stuff, whatever. So like a good three to four hours is all I, I can get about three, four hours of podcasting done per day, um, out of my day. Uh, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, so you know, when Retro Fandango came out, it was three hours. I'm like, yes, this is going to be a great day. I get to listen to, you know, Richard and Kevin talk about their stuff. Um, and I found it very interesting. So, but going to a weekly podcast, you know, they've cut that down to about an hour. I realize I'm getting about the same amount of content. It's just broken up over, you know, a longer time, uh, which is completely fine. But you know what, guys? If you ever, I don't know if you even listen to this podcast. Uh, if you ever decide you know, you know, you want to do specials, whatever, and you want to make them two hours, I would be okay with that. It's, that makes my day that much better. Uh, STC, of course, uh, start to continue podcast. Uh, Bill and Joe, awesome guys. Uh, met them both in person, and you know. Top, top quality guys, top quality podcasts. There's a reason. They just won Cartridge Club uh, Podcast of the Year. Uh, I think it's well-deserved, and Retro Fandango is hot on their heels for uh, for that award this year. And uh, it'll, it'll be a fun race. But they are always fun. They're a weekly podcast every Friday. And uh, they're a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, they make my Fridays again. I wake up in the morning. I get in my truck. I start going. SEC's that first podcast on the list, so that's always interesting. Um, and then um, Masters of Unlocking and uh, Dollar Dorks, actually, and Retro Fandango, all had episodes come out today. I'm recording this on Wednesday, and they've all I've all had new episodes come out today. And I haven't listened to them yet, but my next couple of days will be pretty good. And then Frantic again weekly. Um, really been enjoying his podcast. Uh, it's kind of like a one-man show. His name is Josh too, uh, and it's it's kind of fun for me to like compare and contrast. Okay, what does he do? How does he do this thing? And um, I I, should, I really need to, to see if I can find a couple more like one one-man podcasts so I can figure out how to you know adjust my flow and you know get a little bit more comfortable with this one-man thing going that I'm trying to do. Uh, I think I'm doing okay. I think my, my diction is getting a little bit better. My explaining ability is getting a little bit better. Um, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this. Uh, when I first started YouTube, um, I was actually in my first year of university. And it, I think it really helped because you're putting yourself on camera. You're able to analyze, okay, what do you do that, you know, annoys, that could annoy people. And uh, it really helped me with my public speaking, my my ability to present myself and explain ideas. Um, and I noticed that, you know, second and third year, I was the person that, uh, when we were doing group projects, I was the person that was being pushed forward as uh, a main presenter or, you know, someone who would intro and close. 
uh, try to involve audience uh, participation. So it, it does help. It does, it does help someone gain confidence uh, in themselves and, uh, and learn to present themselves properly. I'm still not a professional. I'm sure you can tell. If you're listening to my stuttering and my dead air, that's, uh, that's all from lack of practice. Uh, I used to be a much more active YouTuber. I used to be putting out, you know, two videos a week, sometimes more. Uh, I was at least doing weekly videos for a long time when I was with Game Hunters R Us and the initial uh, onset of this channel uh, of Creep Lead on YouTube. Uh, I was putting out weekly content. And over time, that has just kind of slowed down. Um, it's it's just kind of uh, I guess a natural progression of things you know I've started my family now and it's you know things kind of just take away from YouTube I don't have a whole lot of time to game anymore uh, but I really enjoy watching people's videos and I think I have more enjoyment with that um, overall um, but that kind of calls into question you know what am I doing am I am I doing uh, am I collecting games for myself or am I collecting games in order to create content and I think that's kind of the inner struggle that I'm I'm in right now um, I don't want to call it a funk or a depression phase or anything like that and, and I have had those moments where I look at my collection and say what's the work what's the point of all of this my just sell all of it <clears throat> get rid of it get out of gaming uh, not get out of gaming but get out of collecting gaming and just you know keep a keep a couple things and get rid of it and I've known a lot of people who have done that and <clears throat> I don't know I think the hard part is that I haven't really had contact with those people after they've done that. So I don't know how that worked out for them. I don't know if they're happier. I don't know if they regret their decisions or, or anything like that. So it, I find that it, it's hard to take that first step. I know uh, P2 uh, from Cartridge Club, he sold off a lot of his collection. Uh, he seems to be okay with it. Um, I just I don't know if I would feel the same way. And I, I have purged some of my collection over time. Uh, there have been times, you know what, Barry Game Exchange is coming up, time to go through this, time to time to trim the fat, you know, so you go through all your collection, this, that, and the other thing, going to get rid of some stuff, um, and, and you do, uh, and I create inventory for, for selling at swaps and doing trades and stuff like that and get some more stuff that I want, but ultimately, I'm still getting games, I'm getting more games, um, and to think that I started this collection with one shelf of games, like, I started collecting Xbox 360 games because that's what I had. And over time, then I'm like, oh, you know, I remember playing. I, I had an old N64 in the closet somewhere. I really had fun playing that. So I pulled that out, started playing games. What are games that I missed? You know, got a couple more here and there. And then finally got to just buying games for systems I didn't have because I knew someday I would have them. And then it just kind of spirals out of control. So at what point do you just kind of, you know, take a step back and say, you know what, this is too much. Because I know, I'll, I'll do a quick pan here. Um, if you're if you're listening to this, you're not going to see any of that. But like, that is a ton of games. And I know for a fact, and I apologize to all your listeners, um, I know for a fact that I won't play half of those. I won't play, I'll say half, but who knows? I, I doubt I would even get to a third of them. Uh, just because the sheer amount of them, and is that good or bad? Am I am I a bad person for holding on to the, all of these games that could be in better homes, people enjoying them, or would they be going to just other people like me who would just have them sit on the shelf? That's the dilemma I face. Um, and also, what am I playing and what am I not playing? I'm playing a lot of PS4 right now, so I don't really want to sell that stuff. But like my original Nintendo stuff, I've got a lot of filler titles that I know I'll never play. Or Super Nintendo stuff that I just... It, I know it's just going to sit there. I've had that stuff since I started collecting six or seven years ago. And I still never played it. So I'm, I'm starting to get into that mindset now of maybe I should start downsizing my collection. Um, especially some of the stuff that I know for a fact I won't play. Um, mostly cartridge stuff. And I hate to say that because, you know, cartridge... Cartridge-based gaming is where I started gaming. I, you know, I, I grew up playing a Game Gear. I grew up playing a, a regular Nintendo. I grew up playing N64. So 
I have I have a, an affinity for those systems, but I don't have affinity for some of those games. So I think maybe that's where I'll start is just kind of weeding through those, um, and, and starting to put them you know out the door. And like even some of the stuff I'm selling, I'm, I've been having a hard time getting rid of it. I've I've created a lot of inventory. I've been listing stuff on eBay. I've been list, listing stuff on Kijiji and whatnot. Um, and trying to get rid of it that way. But, it, you know, it's a slow process. It's not something that, you know, you just list stuff up and it's gone. Because, you know, I have to also take into account costs. I've, I've put money into this, and I need to get some money out of it. Uh, and I'd prefer not to lose money on stuff, although sometimes that is an option. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know, it's just kind of a my discussion piece for the day. Um I do have some questions on Twitter, uh, so if you'll bear with me for one second, I will pull them up. Um, I did post on Twitter for anyone asking for questions and whatnot, so if you have any, uh, that would be the place to reach me, and um, hopefully you guys will ask some more questions for the next episode, um, and uh, I can answer them. So that'll be good. I'm going to try to answer this in chronological order. Uh, so the very first episode I got, speaking of Frantic, frantic Thoughts, uh, Josh Leslie from Frantic Society. What game would you call your gaming addiction? Like, what game would you always go back to? So I think this this changes over time. So there's a, long, a lot of the time uh, I'll, I'll play a game that I'm just really good at and I just kind of want to sit back and just go through a game. Um, but... I don't think that's kind of what he's asking, but that is an option. So, you know, people be like, you know, a lot of people say Kirby's Dreamland is something you just go through and, you know, it's 20 minutes and you're done. Um, but I think right now the one game that I constantly go back to um, is Super Mega Baseball on the PS4. Um, it's also available on on, uh, on Steam, but it's just a nice, I'm, I'm a baseball fan and it's just a nice, easy arcade baseball game that you don't have to take too seriously. The animations are fun. Uh, the characters are interesting. Inter- interesting looking, I'll say. Um, and it's just it's just kind of wild and wacky arcade fun. Um, I went to a... Well, I've had friends over and we spent an entire night, you know, six hours playing this game over and over and over again. Because it's different every time you play it. Uh, so I think their programs have done well in that aspect to, you know, at least keep the game engaging. Uh, and actually I went to a, uh, bachelor party where I was asked to bring games. So I brought my Wii U and my PS4 and we were playing some games and finally Super Mega Baseball came on and that, that was just the game that was just constantly on the entire, we were there for a weekend and that game was just on and there was always people playing it and it was just always there. So it's, it's a really fun game. Uh, so even, you know, if I sit down, um, I don't have a, lot, a whole lot of time to play games nowadays, so I like kind of like the short experience. I can hop in, play a match, play a game or two, and then that's it. Um, and so Super Mega Baseball is kind of that my go-to right now. Like I said, hop in, hop out. All right, this is the question I uh, kind of alluded to earlier is uh, from Deej13, the, uh, the infamous Deej. Uh, you know what? Derek does a lot of good for the Cartridge Club. Um, I think we all need to start like a thanks Derek hashtag because uh, I know he's helped with like live streams and getting people set up on uh, charity events and just technical stuff in general. So I don't know. He's helped me a ton. So thanks Derek. Uh, hashtag that out at him. Let's make him feel thank, uh, feel, um, how do I say that? I don't, I don't even know the words. Thanks, Derek. Uh, Derek says, Deej13, uh, when do collectors stop buying limited run games just to leave them sealed? Hashtag NNS answers. So I think that will also be the official has- hashtag because I realized that uh, NSS, hashtag NSS, was something to do with Trump administration. There was a bit of a con- controversy. So I, I, I think I'm going to stay away from that hashtag. Uh, NS, NNS answers. Sounds a bit better. So, hashtag thanks, Derek. Um, I think it started. I think that the limited run hype train is dying. Um, I've been a part of a limited run 
uh, buyers group slash conversation on Facebook. And that has pretty much all but died. You know, we used to all be really excited. You know, we're waiting at that, that 10 o'clock Eastern uh, drop time for those games to come out. And that's not really happening anymore. And I used to be that, that I used to be that guy. Everyone hated me because I would buy two copies of everything. Um, to, to buy one and keep, to keep one and to sell the other one to make up the cost. Cause you know, you know what? I don't have a ton of money. Not a lot of people do. Uh, and it's just, that was kind of an easy way to, um, substitute the cost, I should say, or subsidize the cost of buying limited run games. And I think that limited run games is starting to kind of dig their own grave and masters of unlocking touched on this too, that they're just releasing so many games now in such limited quantities as their name suggests. And there's a ton of other companies out there doing this that it kind of cheapens their brand. I'm not able to keep up with all the releases. I know that I won't be able to afford to buy all of them. So now I have to pick and choose which ones I'm going to buy. And again, coming up to that, things are being reprinted. So Wonder Boy, um, which I bought two of and sold one, thankfully it sold it at a good time when the price was a bit higher. Now that game is probably worth more of its original cost, which is good for those people who want them. I, as as someone who sells video games, I would be I would be upset. Thankfully, I'm I not really because as long as I can get what I paid out of it, I'm good. Um, but for a lot of those resellers out there, this is taking away their market. Thumbs up. I'm getting out of the limited run reselling game. Just so everyone knows, it's not it's not really a viable uh, business opportunity anymore. And so you know, I sold it when it was high, but now it's being reprinted. So anyone's able to get it. You won't be able to complete your limited run set without it. So there'll always be those crazy collectors looking for all of that. Um, but I, I do think the, the, the market is, is dying uh, because, again, their, their brand has been a bit cheapened by the amount of releases. People can't afford to buy them all. Uh, there's tons of other pop-up companies. Uh, imitation companies are doing the same thing. Strictly limited games. Same thing. Uh, Special Reserve is doing the same thing. East Asia Soft is doing the same thing uh, through Play Asia. So there, yeah, there's just a ton of limited, limited run type companies out there right now, especially for the PS4 and Vita, just because I guess their production process is a lot easier. Although I hear the Switch process is starting to get a lot easier, so we'll see a lot more there. Then you're going to have a whole different market. You're going to have the 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 limited run ish type collectors who are always trying to get stuff then you're going to have the crazy nintendo fanboys you have to buy everything uh so i think that might be the next wave you know once limited run starts putting out switch stuff i think you might hit it there'll be another surge of everyone trying to get well i'm going to get every limited run switch game because those are the really the ones that are going to really hold their value uh and they're probably right unfortunately um but hopefully not hopefully that stuff will hopefully nicholas will continue to put out their good work and reprint games um of high value so that that'll bring those costs down. Uh, I'm all for it. I, I, am all for people being able to buy games at a good price. Um, sometimes that mark, that, that price changes depending on the market, how the market goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think anyways, I, I think I'm just dragging on this question. Thanks Derek. Hashtag, uh, from, uh, the retro lectors at retro lectors on Twitter says, what is one game slash game series uh, do you want complete in box? Um, this is hard because I'm not really a complete in box uh, collector. Uh, anything that I get is pr I pretty much just want by itself. Uh, I think the one exception that I might make would be um, the Ninja Turtle games. So I'd be like one, two, or three on the NES, uh, not including tournament fighters. Um, Turtles in Time, that kind of stuff. I'd like to get those completed in a box. Uh, will I ever? Probably not, just because I'm... can't be able to afford it. <laughs> um, I have the first one completed in box um, from when I was a kid. Uh, the second one, not so much. Third, again, it's getting more expensive. But that might be one. Uh, but I think overall, it would be like a game that I really, really like. Uh, a game that I can play over and over again. Uh, and those already have boxing complete. Those would be like newer games. So like, 
I hate to say this answer, but like the Gears of War trilogy, uh, the original Gears of War trilogy, absolutely love that series. I, w I would love to have it complete a box, and I do because I bought it brand new when it came out. Um, so yeah, that kind of stuff. I, I, I realize that's a terrible answer. I, I apologize, uh, Retro Lectors, for that uh, horrible answer. <laughs> All right, next question, and I believe our last question of the day, uh, from Flock of Nerds, at Flock of Nerds on Twitter. If you had to play a game against the devil uh, and a game for your soul, which game would you choose? And again, it would be a game that I'm really, really good at. Um... And I'm not sure if he means like a competitive game or maybe like a time trial game, uh, but I'm gonna go for like I'm gonna go for like speedrun. So I would play my favorite game of pretty much all time, uh, Legend of Illusion on the Sega Game Gear, because I can run through that game in about 15 to 20 minutes flat. I can just run through that game, um, and it's a game that not a lot of people play. Hopefully, the devil doesn't know how to play it. I think I could beat him pretty good at it. Um, Another game that I'm really good at is uh, Mario Tennis on N64. <laughs> I've actually had friends. I've had friends over to play games. We play Mario Kart or Mario. Well, we, if I have the N64 hooked up, we obviously play Mario Kart um, and like Mario Tennis and stuff. And I have yet to have one of my friends beat me at Mario Tennis. It's just it's not happened ever. Uh, Mario Kart. Sometimes I lose, but barely ever lose in Mario Kart. Amongst my friends, I'm not saying I'm a great Mario Kart player, but of my friends, I'm probably the best of them. Um, sometimes you just lose because of a freak accident or some damn blue shell gets in your way. Um, but that's stuff you just can't control. But Mario Tennis, for sure, would be my second pick. I think I could take somebody on that pretty good. Anyways, that has been my episode of the Not So Special Podcast. As you can tell, it hasn't been very special. Just me rambling on for about an hour. Uh, this has been a longer episode than I expected. So that's been good. I've been able to, to talk and um, hopefully keep you guys entertained. If you enjoyed this episode, please show me some love on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you guys. Or leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube in the comment section. Again, I would love to hear from you there. If you have any questions, comments, anything like that, hit me up in either of those spots, Twitter or YouTube, if you have questions, use the hashtag NNA Answers. No, NNS. Man, I'm screwing up my own podcast. NNS, not so special podcast hashtag. Um, that's going to do it for me. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you guys all in the next one. Hashtag, thanks, Derek.